Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Hello there and welcome to another Senior Times Food and Wine podcast with me, Mairead Robinson. Now, what comes to mind when we think of celebrating with friends and family at this time of year? Maybe a few presents perhaps, but the main event is always the dinner. Now, it's a well-known fact we all buy far too much food at Christmas time and we usually end up with lots of leftovers and don't know what to do with them. So today, what we want to find out is how to triumph quality over quantity, as in how to serve up a great dinner with style and not get too flustered in the process. So who better to get advice from than one of Ireland's top chefs, executive chef at the fabulous five-star Shelburne Hotel in Dublin, Gary Hughes. So listen carefully, everybody. Get your notebooks out. Uh, we're going to find out a few tips and trips, <laughs> tips and tricks from the top. So, Gary, thank you so much for joining me today. And I really appreciate it because this is the busiest time of year for you. And I know that. So let's get started. Maybe just tell me a little bit about yourself and then we we'll get stuck into how to organize the dinner. Let me know. How, how did you end up at the helm of the Shelburne? Uh, that's a long story. So, yeah, Gary Hughes, executive chef at the Shelburne Hotel. My journey here started in the hotel when I was actually eight years of age. Now, I wasn't working back then, but my dad brought me into the Lord Mayor's Lounge. I'd spent some time in hospital and he brought me into the Lord Mayor's Lounge and he set me up and yeah, I had a scone and a cup of tea and I was I, I fell in love with the property from that day. Um, I actually started working here when I was 15, when it was legal to work when you were 15. Right. And I started working in my apprenticeship in the kitchen. I spent the summer here on the pastry section, uh, washing pots and doing fruit salad and weighing out bread and that's when I got the bug so um, they let me out for good behaviour and I came <laughs> back I came back about 20 years later as the executive chef so it's always been like if you could say uh, living the dream it's always been the job that I've always wanted so I've been the executive chef now here going on 14 years Wow. So it's it, it's been a fairy tale where I, yeah, I got the job I think I always wanted as a kid. So and you've always yeah. lived in Dublin and you've always wanted to work in the Shelburne, one of Dublin's top hotels. I'm actually from Nice. Sorry, proud to there, man. Actually, it's only down the road, isn't it? <laughs> it's only down the road, but I've always wor- I've worked in some of the best establishments in Dublin. I've worked in the the Marion with Ed Cooney for a good few years. Oh yes, I was involved. I was involved at the opening of the Clarence with Michael Martin, and then I also opened the Dillon Hotel. So uh, I, I've been around. Very nice. I know all those very nice properties. Yeah. But um, yeah, but I think I, I think I'm in the mothership now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where you'll stay. Yeah, happy out. It, it, it's great to know when you come into work in the mornings and you put on your jacket that you're actually happy to come to work. You know, Absolutely. so uh, that is that is the, the key, tree. isn't it? Well, that is the, that is key. When I think of the Shelburne, um, and I've been lucky enough to have stayed there a few times over the years and have eaten there once or twice, um, you're talking seriously good food and you're talking serious numbers. It's it's a hotel that's very much um, loved by 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 Irish people, especially by, by Dublin people. And so at Christmas time, I imagine a lot of people will come to the Shelburne to have something to eat because that's 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 their celebration. So it's what I'm trying to say is it's a bit of weight on your shoulders because you have a lot of people and a lot of expectation. 
What I've always said about the, the Shelburne is we're only passing through the Shelburne. The Shelburne belongs to the people of Dublin. Yes. Everybody has a story here, whether it was a christening or they met their partner here, or it was a communion. We always say the communions are the future brides of the Shelburne. <laughs> um, everybody has a bit of history. I think it's a... It belongs to the people of Dublin. So at the moment, I'm just holding the reins of the kitchen and I'm pretty sure I'll pass it on to somebody else. But yes, there's a lot of responsibility. Uh, we're on St. Stephen's Green. We're the showfront. I think we lead by example that uh, people are always watching what we do. And I always watch around and I see dishes being recreated, especially with our afternoon tea, or I see certain things on different menus. And I think it's a great tribute to the team not to me because I always say they're the guys that put in the work I just guide them but when you see somebody else recreating what we do uh, I take great pleasure in that that's a, that's a great compliment indeed so listen let's get down to the nitty gritty Christmas dinner I know turkey is the traditional thing so and lots of people have deviated from that but let's start with that how to cook the best one without any fuss any little tips Let there well, uh, obviously, most households would cook turkey. Uh, I haven't cooked a turkey in about seven or eight years at home. I've always cooked beef. But for turkey, um, so many people try to overcomplicate it. The simple things for turkey, I would suggest, is if you can get your turkey the, the week of the event, um, and maybe three days out, brine it. Brine it in a solution of salt and water. Now, that's coarse salt, so you would use... Uh, 10 to 1. So if you're using 10 litres of water, you would put may maybe uh, 1 kilo of salt. You know, so you would put... Sorry, what's the point of, of brining the turkey? I haven't heard that before. So basically with the brine, is it kind of pulls out all the dryness in the turkey. So the salt will penetrate the, the meat and the yes. water will go in. So it kind of plumps out the bird, but it also helps it from drying it out in the cooking process. Huh. So... Um, you could do that for 24 hours the day before. So um, a lot of people would do it. So like, the, the problem that you would get with turkey is it is technically a dry meat when you cook it. Yes. So you're just trying to overcompensate all the time, whether you're trying to brine it or you're going to add in lots of butter, which all good Irish chefs love. But the, the trick would be to, to brine it. It'll help, it'll help the process of it not drying out provided you don't overcook it. Okay, two quick questions there with the brining, because that's a good tip. Uh, does that apply also if you buy a frozen turkey as to a fresh turkey? Well, if, you, if you're going to buy a frozen... it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, de de defrost it. Uh, definitely defrost it at least a day and a half in advance and let it defrost in your fridge. Don't leave it out. It's very important to defrost it in your fridge, um, that, you, that you defrost it in conditions below five degrees. If you defrost it in a warm area, that, that's given bacteria a chance to multiply and then you could end up in trouble. Um, but yeah, a fresh turkey, like if you pre-order it, obviously make sure it's well washed out. You remove all the gizzards and any impurities that's in there. If you can, ask your butcher to remove the wishbone. So the, the problem people, a lot of times people will just get the turkey when they're roasting it and don't remove the wishbone. And when it comes to carving, you're going to hit that bone at the end and it's just so much waste. So yes. get your butcher to remove the wishbone and if you can, brine it, get a large pot that's going to fit back into your fridge, make up the salt and water solution. And if you want, you can put in some rosemary, maybe some juniper berries or even some slices of lemon just to try and get the flavour. Because right. turkey can be turkey can be a boring meat, but just yes. you're trying to infuse it with the best. The more you put in, like a, a chef told me, the more you, you get in and you get get into the products, get into the pan, actually try and 
make things better by infusing stuff and actually feel like what's going to make this a better product to eat so the more you add in the more you're going to get out excellent um, and that would apply also if you were just going for a turkey crown probably even turkey also. crown yeah a turkey crown even you know like it's when i used to cook a turkey at home i used to always just cook the crown because what what overcooks the breast is the legs because when yes. you're cooking the legs that's what actually takes the longest part because when you have to take a leg off there's there's like that that t-bone that's through the leg yes. and then the the heat doesn't penetrate the bone enough so that's why it takes a leg even on a chicken that's why it, that takes longer to cook because your actual breast will be cooked before your leg right right so another thing for your butcher i know when, when we buy turkeys in in the shelburne for christmas day we have all our legs boned and rolled and we cook them separately Excellent. I, I would suggest that if you can ask your butcher to bone and roll your leg, because if you try and do it yourself, there's too much sinew and it's like it's like a stick. Yeah. If you don't get them all out, sure. If your butcher can do that for you, and if you're able to brine it, you're already on the way of cooking a more successful turkey. Traveling with Expressway and your free travel pass is made easier with a reserved seat. When booking journeys at Expressway.ie. Make sure to select Seat Only Reservation Free Travel Scheme and pay just €2 Euro per trip to guarantee your seat. Bookings can also be made from ticket machines in stations and priority boarding will be given to those who book in advance. Travel without a booking is still more than welcome, if you prefer, provided we have space on board. Take it easy with your free travel pass and expressway.ie. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times, the magazine and website for people who don't act their age. Or maybe you have a loved one or a friend who you know would love to read more. You can buy a subscription and have the magazine delivered direct to their door. To subscribe to Senior Times, visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash senior times. Well, that's all very interesting. Right. So for those of us who are not going to cook a turkey, um, I know there are lots of different alternatives. You say you do beef. I know my sister always does lamb. I've got someone in the family. We have to do a fancy vegetarian nut roast. But what what would your sort of top alternatives for turkey, for somebody who doesn't want turkey, or perhaps there are only two people or even one person, so it's all too much. Um, special, Special dinners for Christmas Day that are not turkey. Well, like I say, I cook beef every uh, every year in my house, and um, because we, we decided about seven or eight years ago, it was so much work, so much prep. The kids sat down, they looked at it, and thought that was a big chicken. And then <laughs> it takes up so much space, and then it's gone. So we decided a couple of years ago, and we were so nervous about doing it. We're saying, "What if nobody eats the beef? What if nobody eats it?" And then we've actually done it. So. Christmas Day needs to be, it's a celebration, it's a family, it's a family meal. And you should just actually eat what your family like. Exactly. Whether it's going to be whether it's going to be nice chunks of lamb. If you if you're gonna do something, try and do something that's gonna take the process away from that you're standing over a kitchen stove all day. 
Sure. You know, if you can get the stuff done the day before Christmas Eve, like the way the way I work in here is we would do all the prep at home, myself, my wife and the kids, we would do the prep on the 23rd so we can sp- celebrate some sort of evening, Christmas Eve. And then Christmas Day, we would only actually start the cooking process at three or four o'clock. But at that stage, we've eliminated all the prep and we, we just try and enjoy each other's company because days come and go. And I think the most important part, especially with the times we've been through now, is just about celebrating it with your family. Of course. Um, but, but do what you like, even if it was like a nice braised beef where it can be marinated the day before, it can be slow roasted in the oven that morning, three or four hours, and then you can spend the time with your family. Whatever about the main the main event, um, what about starters and desserts? I mean, people get very fussed and do very elaborate starters, or alternatively, they just give you a wedge of lemon or a melon or something. Um, yeah. Have you a couple of tips of something fancy but not fussy for a starter? I like starters myself. I am the easiest person in the world to please when it comes to food. And I, I, I'll just keep preferring what we do in our house on the day. Garlic prawns to start. Oh, yes. Same thing, into your fishmonger, get some prawns, make sure they're, they're, they're shelled and de-veined, take out the, the, the brown sack, wash them off. You just dust them lightly in flour, garlic puree, loads of butter, chopped parsley. Oh, yummy. It goes down a winner every day in my house. And then for dessert, like a lemon pot, it's so easy. Boil up some lemon juice and some cream or a chocolate fondant. Yeah. It's, it's just... Take, take it so easy you know like it's the the more preparation you do for Christmas um, the easier it is on the day but definitely yeah I would do garlic prawns to start stay away from the traditional smoked salmon melon oh yeah like, boring so many easy things you can do out there and uh, um, for dessert yeah for me it'd be a chocolate fondant and of course they can be made beforehand Lovely. But the, the biggest day in my house is uh, Stevens's day because I think that's that's my Christmas day because I'm actually off on Stevens's day. But um, we would use the carcass when we used to when we used to do it. And a tip for the listeners would be if you get the carcass of the turkey and chop. And so you're cleaning down from your dinner. The kitchen looks like a bomb site. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you chop your carcass. Get some onions, some carrots, some leek, and then cover the carrot, cover the carcass in water, yes. put in some garlic, and then bring it to a boil very quickly and let it simmer, but a fast simmer for about two hours. So you're trying to get all the flavor out of the turkey that you can. So when you pass it after two hours and then let it reduce, when it reduces by half, take it off and uh, pass it so from that then this is a tip which can make a nice turkey and ham pie so you're going to have your roast ham that you've left over dice it up dice up your brown meat or your breast meat whatever you've left with your liquor then when it's cool thicken it slightly with some corn flour and some cream okay and then you can then you can combine the turkey meat the ham meat with some of the the liquid let it set in in a nice uh, artenware dish Throw on a sheet of puff pastry with some egg wash and you can bake it the next day. You can have a turkey and ham pie. And that's what we would do when we were doing a turkey. Yeah, that was actually my next question. I was going to ask you about leftovers because I remember as a child, there was always this huge turkey carcass, which was, you know, dominated the fridge and everybody would be sick looking at it. And, you know, sandwiches, volivants, curries. I mean, they're all a bit boring. That sounds very interesting. 
But what you could also do is with the same broth that you have, and I, I do this all the time, even with just chicken legs, when you boil up that broth and rather than not, you're trying to get all the flavor out of it, rather than adding the cream and the corn flour to it, you, you have your stock, you can uh, dice some chili, some onions, sweat them off with some coriander and some spring onions, add in the stock back in and you have a nice light chicken broth, maybe to cure the hangover the next morning or a turkey broth. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's two options that you can do because yeah there's nothing worse than looking in a fridge and I would have issues over fridges that aren't clean and you're looking at a big carcass no, exactly just, yeah excellent so just say we have all of that and then a few days later and it's New Year's Eve and you have people coming for New Year's Eve and you want to do something yeah. different what what could you do that would be sort of a a nice New Year dinner, again, that's not going to have you slaving away in the kitchen, that's going to allow you to spend time with your friends and have a glass of bubbles and so on. Yeah, but it's like what I talked about, I actually cooked this last Sunday, braised daubs of beef. They're so, so simple. Daubs of beef, nice. Yeah, so if you go into your butcher, you would marinate the beef for 24 hours, you would get two portions out of one daub, which is basically a beef cheek. It's, It's very tough. But when you braise it down, it's fantastic. You would marinate it on the just say on the, the 29th or the 30th, marinate it in red wine with some merpaw vegetables, carrot, onion, celery, leek, and some garlic and thyme. You'd leave that for 24 hours. You take it out of the, the marinade, you seal it in a hot pan, you add back in your vegetables, throw in some uh, chicken stock cubes, pour back in the marinade, bring it to a boil, put it in an earthenware dish, cover it with a cartouche which is some grease poop paper put it in a low oven at 160 for about three hours three and a half hours till it's nice and soft remove the meat reduce the liquor thicken it slightly with some corn flour or arrowroot and then pour the sauce back onto your ox cheeks and you can have that done that's what I'd be doing New Year's Eve you can have that done a day or two in advance and you can spend all your time with your friends Excellent. and it's not there's no, there's no fuss to it at yeah. all yeah, that, that's really what we want, the no fuss, because, um, you know, you want to be able to have a drink, have a chat, enjoy the people you might have seen for ages, yeah. especially now with all our restrictions and the terrible time we've had the last year or two. If you're fortunate yeah. enough to have a few family members around, you certainly want to spend the time with them, that's for sure. How many, um, I was just thinking about it, and, and I'm thinking about it, the amount of covers you have to do. So like on Christmas Day, you do Sunday lunch on Christmas Day. Sorry, not Sunday lunch, I mean lunch, Christmas Day lunch. Yeah, well, like pre-COVID, uh, the Shelburne, the, the buzz in the Shelburne would be unreal. And it's tradition. I, I don't even have to look at the booking list. I know the families, I know the names, I know who's coming in because it's part of the tradition. That's what I was and thinking. Yeah, Dubliners yeah. love it and it was such a treat. Yeah, so we, we would traditionally do maybe 120 to 140 covers for lunch between 12 and 3 o'clock. Uh, and then we would we would clean down, dust ourselves off, and get ready again to go at five until about half past eight. So, and then we would have a couple of small private rooms upstairs where we would do maybe three or four families upstairs. So potentially on Christmas Day here we would have over three hundred people for lunch wow. pre-COVID. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, unfortunately, this year with the restrictions on what's going on, we were doing seventy people for lunch and seventy people for dinner. Yeah. And they're all residents. So that's that's the world we all live in now. But hopefully next year, please God, uh, we'll we get, get some get back kind of normality back. 
yeah we'll get back to what uh, the hotel is all about you know like it's it's I think Shelburne is the Christmas in Dublin you know people come here to celebrate and we want to get back to that very very much so yeah well those those 70 people going there for lunch in the middle of the day I wish I was one of those that's such a treat um, and well as you say hopefully next year the numbers will be up again but, yeah um, Listen, you're very good and thank you very much for taking the time out. I'm going to play this back again and make a few notes there. You've given some very, very good tips for people. So, okay, um, thank you. What we want, that's what we want to do. We want to take the fuss out of Christmas and um, make something really lovely and, as you say, share it with friends and family. So, Just, just one more tip that I always do that, uh, for Turkey or is it too late to give you a tip? Oh, no, no. The tips, tips. We love tips. Give us another one. My, my, my biggest tip, and my kids kill each other over them every year, so I would get, even and when you're cooking your turkey or your beef, we would get some large rooster potatoes. Yes. I would just wash them. I would top and tail them so they can sit flat on the tray. Yes. And then I would actually use that as a trivet to hold up the turkey. So you might get like 10 half potatoes underneath the turkey. Yes. And then when the turkey is roasting, all the juices, everything goes into those potatoes. And then when I take out the turkey, I put the potatoes back in the oven to crisp up. And they are the nicest roast potatoes you will uh, ever eat. I'm licking my lips at the thought of it. That is such an easy thing to do. I've heard of that before, placing yeah, it on uh, top of the spuds. That's such a great idea and so easy. Yeah, the, the, the trick is to take them out of the tray and let them crisp back up because they can be quite soggy from all the juices gone into yeah. the turkey. Uh, there's like there's handbags at dawn in my house over those potatoes <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fantastic and so yeah. easy to do rather than just pushing them so, around so so easy so so easy well that's 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 a great tip that's definitely something that we'll do okay Gary thank you so so much oh no thank you nice to talk to you taking time out from your busy week may I wish you a very happy Christmas very happy new year and I look forward to getting up to the Shelburne again at some stage I look forward to meeting you when you get here. Bye. Thanks, Gary. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.